Introducing your hosts with wit beyond measure, Michael, loyal and just, Haley, ambitious and cunning, Shelby, daring and chivalrous, Savannah. Welcome to Hold My Butterbeer, a podcast about all things Wizarding World canon. Today we are talking about all things boozy and alcoholic in the Wizarding World. It's our time. This is the one you've all been waiting for. <laughs> our time has come. Michael uh, obviously did our, our research here tonight. Shelby did her own research, but uh, when I opened up the document, it was laid out in a way that only Michael could lay it out. So uh, I'll pass it to you because this is the best. I hope that you appreciate all of my bullets and my sub-bullets and my sub-sub-bullets that yeah, I, I really do. <laughs> can, I, yeah, can, I just, can I just say that I don't think there's anything we're more qualified to discuss upon than this topic right now. <laughs> Especially you two. You and Shelby. <laughs> Shelby and Savannah. Because they, they run a blog themed about Wizarding World drinks. So. <laughs> I don't think there's anyone more qualified. So let's dive in. Um, so the Wizarding in the Wizarding World, they definitely have alcohol, and we're going to be going through all of that. And it's actually it plays a huge role in the series. Um, pretty much every book, like something happens because someone was drunk, or someone got someone else drunk, or something like that. So there's a lot to talk about. Um, so drinking is still limited in the Wizarding World, but it's to 17 year olds. So once they're of age, they can drink pretty much however they want. Is that the same as in the UK? I think it's 18 in the UK. Okay. Actually, I'm pretty sure it is 18 and 17 was like a wizarding age. Well, I mean, if you have magic, I guess you're more responsible. (laughs) It's just an additional perk of why it's better to be wizard kind than a muggle. One year earlier. Well, I don't know if y'all talked about this in the doc that I never look at, but they were definitely <laughs> drinking butterbeer, which has a small amount of alcohol, as children. I feel like so- that was a sub-point on the, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the form that you got to sign to go into Hogsmeade. So Michael made the form that everyone had to sign. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That was an additional parental. The people who would have made that form would be the Department of Intoxicating Substances. Uh, That is, uh, we'd consider that fourth level canon because at all of the um, restaurants in Wizarding World in Universal Japan and Hollywood, they have signs um, regulating like no drinks to underage wizards. And um, each of those posters is from the Department of Intoxicating Substances um, since that's the only place that it exists. um, It's just park canon, uh, which would be like fourth level canon but uh, i love that they just invented an entire department for intoxicating substances i love this i love those details those are like my literal favorite is just some (laughs) some little thing that they put in the park so you got to read the entire posters to get all those details and then the and the case of beasts app game that came out with the fantastic beasts there is a guy named bilius finbach who works for that department they tossed that in there i'll love a good bilius yeah, so that's fifth level canon because it's from the video games. <laughs> um, and then on some of the like the uh, bottles, like the labels and other bottles um, that you can find in the movies, Mina Lima in the in the parks, there is the licensing Wizengamot of Great Britain, which licenses and regulates alcoholic beverages. So I don't know if that's part of the Department for Intoxicating Substances, uh, but they seem to be pretty related. I'm into it. Yeah. Um, so let's dive into all. All the drinks that have ever been mentioned in the Harry Potter series and any of the levels of canon. <laughs> Let's start with beer. Not my favorite, but yeah. Not your favorite. Any beer fans? I like beer. It's a staple. It's good. 
I like the beers in the park a lot. So those two are the Dragon Scale and the Wizard's Brew. Those are both the ones, the special ones that are only sold in the park. Um, there's Sim- Simiston Steaming Stout. Um, that's not in the park or anything. It's just a, a brand of beer that's mentioned. Like um, these are mostly like labels or bottles that are just around the parks or in half blood prints or in other various places. Um, and so steaming, we asked our British friends, and steaming is a British slang term for like super drunk. So Simiston Steaming Stout. Stout sounds like it's going to get you steaming. There's Gamp's Old Gregarious, which has one of my favorite stories, and that's a part of more article about the Leaky Cauldron. Um, so in 1707, that is when the Statute of Secrecy went into effect, and uh, the Leaky Cauldron was already a pub that was like available to people, like anybody could go, uh, muggles or wizards alike. And so the wizarding community had to go into hiding, and that meant that the Leaky Cauldron might get shut down because like you can't have people going into it anymore. But oh, no. the- <laughs> drama <laughs> but the first minister of magic uh who is what was his name um you look grant you look gamp um he <laughs> you look I want to say ulysses grant but like you know same thing wow <laughs> you look just <laughs> You look Gamp, uh, who's the first minister of magic, allowed the Leaky Cauldron to stay in business um, and be the entrance to Diagon Alley. And in his honor, um, the landlord of the Leaky Cauldron invented a drink called Gamp's Old Gregarious. Um, but apparently it was undrinkable. It was completely disgusting. And anyone who was able to actually drink it would win a 100 galleon prize, which in 300 years, no one has ever claimed. So... What? Did, did they make this drink because they liked him? Because that mm-hmm. sounds pretty awful to me. I think he was just really bad at making beer. Okay. Also, do we think that Gamp is relevant to Gamp's law? Mmm. Very possible. They're all related. They're all related, Haley, obviously. They're all brother and sister. Everyone's so. a cousin. <laughs> <laughs> all the Smiths. <laughs> No one has still claimed any Smiths on this podcast yet. I still stand by it. <laughs> what do you got next, Michael? So next on the list, we have Berry Aki Rot, and that is a house made, a house elf made brew, and it's berries, and that's pretty much it. And it's stored in bung barrels for 1,000 years, and that's how it's made. Wow. I want that. A thousand years. How that's do we crazy. feel about health, house elf made brew? Do we think that they're um, doing it because they want to or because that's what they're told to do? Oh, morality. That's sad. I mean, it sounds delicious, but I, I'd feel unethical. It's really early in the episode for morals. <laughs> <laughs> Next. <laughs> All right, next is one of our favorite drinks, which yes. is going to be bin juice. Yes! So we still don't know exactly what bin juice is. It's been mentioned. We've mentioned, have we mentioned it before on the podcast? We have. We yeah. have. Yes. Okay, we had a whole conversation about it. That's right. So it was mentioned in the Quibbler in like a, a 1997, in canon, 1997 edition of the Quibbler, um, like when uh, Deathly Hallows Part 1 around that time. But I have made a very exciting discovery. In my deep dive preparing for this episode. <laughs> I'm, These are my I'm favorite rivet, kind I'm of discoveries. <laughs> and that is, so there we're going to talk about um, all the different drinking establishments uh, later on in the episode, but there is one called the Siren's Tale. And so the Siren's Tale was like a deleted, never seen scene in The Crimes of Grindelwald, where apparently <laughs> ministry workers go to this pub, and we don't really know much about is it, it because... Is it French ministry workers, or was it... This is British ministry workers. Okay, okay. 
Yeah, because Theseus, I think Theseus and Newt or Theseus and another ministry employee had a scene there. Um, and I think there's a picture of it in one of the like the companion books that you can buy about the crimes of Grindelwald. But, <laughs> this I know. is so deep. Wow. This is so deep. This is a super deep, deep cut. Deep cut. <laughs> so apparently Mina Lima made a like a poster, like a drink menu for the Siren's Tale. And Which, if on, you haven't seen it, I highly recommend looking at it because it's really pretty and it's really it's fun. Really Sorry, it's pretty. beautiful. It's Siren's Tale T-L-T-A-L-E. And on that one on that menu they have forbidden bin juice it was in the quibbler in 1997 it was at the siren's tale in the 1930s what is bin juice i'm so curious we need to know hello friends please pardon the interruption this is savannah from the future editing the podcast and since this was recorded we have had the opportunity to ask mina and lima what bin juice is uh, leaky khan did an interview with them and we happened to be able to get a question in and so please enjoy them explaining bin juice that's great another question from the twitch stream uh i've noticed mentions uh, of the drink bin juice once in a quibbler article uh, and one on a poster from Crying to Grindelwald. We're dying to know what is bin juice. <laughs> okay, so you can imagine that when you're working 10, 11 hour days, with sometimes just with one other person, it's probably a bit like now that we're all, you know, under quarantine, we're all going a little bit we're crazy. <laughs> um, so there were lots of um, kind of in jokes and, and, even characters that Eduardo and I created just having spent a little bit too much time with each other. And someone might just come in the morning with some story and then it would suddenly take on its own um, legs and become like the ginger witch, become a kind of part of, but I'm, you know, bravo to that person that spotted the bin juice. I'd completely forgotten about that. I can't actually tell you what it's about, but it's just some absolute stupid um, (laughs) private joke between Eduardo and I. I love it. I love it. Uh, Last question. Oh, go ahead, Eduardo. Do you want to say something about bin juice? (laughs) (laughs) The bin juice is so very funny that people uh, notice. (laughs) We've got some eagle-eyed fans out there. Absolutely. tipsywizards.com they actually made a recipe for bin juice and that's savannah and shelby's blog so y'all should go look at it and make it yourself it's really delicious and has nerds in it <laughs> it was also 100 savannah she found <laughs> these amazing like drinking glass sized trash cans with like little wheels that actually work <laughs> yes. and closed. like something that you would drag to the end of your driveway for like waste removal services and like that's what you make them in that's what you drink them out of it's beautiful it's amazing she did such a good job it's just I think- trash it's one of my yeah, favorite but things it's our ever. trash it is our trash Back i did make it once with uh, mountain dew instead of red bull and the green color really added a lot to it i think did it sell it did it really sell it my god <laughs> and mountain dew even though i love it it does add to the trash factors so really yeah does. yeah it really does quality the tr- you need to be trashier when you make this drink if you can improve it to be any trashier let us know <laughs> yeah please let me know what other trash you put in it because all right let's move on from there so we've got dragon barrel brandy is that your dragon smell dragon smell <laughs> sorry Mm, is that like snake milk whatever it's made out of it is matured for 150 (laughs) years and it is sold at the three broomsticks 
That's too long. That's a long time. These wizards have a lot of time on their hands to be That's brewing all this Shall alcohol. We, Shelby was doing some research as the, what is it? Um, the age of wizards? Yeah, yeah. Like the, we, or the, I'm sorry, the lifetime of like a wizard and like what, how many years that is. Right. So we talked about that earlier today. And um, another thing that I wanted to bring up, and I'm kind of blown away, Michael, that you wrote down that bit about uh, elf-made wine aging for a thousand years. Because I did not know that. All that I knew was, you know, about the dragon barrel brandy that was matured for 150 years. In the real world, in my research, I learned that the oldest whiskey in the world is a bottle of Glenavon special liquor whiskey. And while its exact age is uncertain, they think that it is about 170 years old. And like, that's the oldest drinkable uh, whiskey that's like out there right now. So... If that's an extreme, is it normal for wizards to be drinking things that mature for 150 years? Like, is that just like a the whatever? Run of, the, run of the mill? Yeah, like is yeah. that the average? And like, is a thousand year old house elf wine extreme? Like, that's crazy. That's a long time. That's that was like, that was medieval time. times. And we're Do just now drinking it. Well, and are they still making it? Like, then people are gonna have to wait from right now to a thousand years? Like, I don't know. They totally would. And like, in the real world, the oldest drinkable wine that they have, I think, is from like the early 1700s or something. And that's because it has like an exceptionally high sugar content. So if that's the case, these elf made wines have to be like extremely <laughs> sugary and sweet, maybe like I all would, sugar. Maybe I would like it then. Maybe you would. Maybe that'd be the first wine that I would like. House elf dessert wines. <laughs> Yum. I think it in my head, it's like wizards are just like LOL to muggles and like you can only mature it make it drinkable for 150 years hold my butter beer watch this i'm gonna do it for a thousand years <laughs> like it's just like that's normal to them because they have magic and they can make everything better with magic that's fair i buy also that. live a lot longer they do yeah yeah what was the average that you had found Shelby? i think that it said that in the 1990s the average life expectancy of a wizard in great britain was 130 that sounds right seven years or yeah, something 130 something yeah, so it's like not a big deal that something would be that old. It's like, oh yeah, I was around back then. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was a good year. <laughs> good year. <laughs> That's the year I graduated Hogwarts. <laughs> So we've got more on here. We've got Bung Barrel Spiced Mead, which that's the preferred brand of Madame Rose Myrta, and it has a licorice and cherry flavor. Now we're down to butterbeer. So Haley, you were talking about butterbeer earlier. So one of the points I have on here is, so we has, we've has we never really been confirmed how alcoholic, if at all, butterbeer is to to wizards and humans. We know about house elves and all of that, but like, what do we think? It's like a like a wine spritzer, a level of alcohol. I was going to say, it is not a wine spritzer, but level yeah. of alcohol. Well, I meant right. level yeah. of alcohol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are we talking about like proof? Like what number do we think it is? Like, yeah. yeah. How much is a wine spritzer? It's like not even a, a solid number, isn't it? It's like point something. What yeah, is a wine spritzer? Like a Mike's hard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Those are like, I don't know. I want to say the number two, but I feel like I'm just <laughs> making shit up. I literally probably have one in my garage, but I'm too lazy to go. Um, yeah, that's what I always thought. I thought it would be like enough to party. It's 5%, 5%. by the way. Oh, that's <laughs> okay. a lot. 
Okay. <laughs> that is a lot. Well, so that's for, not what I was thinking. I was thinking like a point something. So I feel like if Mike's heart is 5% and that's my level to go off of, then I think Shelby's 2% was 100% accurate. Yes. Okay. okay it's decided. Canon is Butterbeer's <laughs> 2% alcohol. <laughs> well, I'm glad we determined this. Our show is called Home My Butterbeer, so I think we're the authorities on this. We are. We are. You're, <laughs> all, you're all welcome. Canon is 2% proof. Hold my 2% Butterbeer. <laughs> Now that's the next drink you have to master. 2% butterbeer. It has to be exactly 2%. Exactly. (laughs) No, ours is actually pretty boozy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So we've all been to Wizarding World, and have we all tried the different forms of butterbeer they have there? Absolutely. Let's talk about our favorites right now. Let's talk about our favorites. So y'all go ahead. I haven't had all of them. I've only had cold, actually. I don't think I've ever had frozen, and I know I haven't had hot. Can you have it? I know. You get it without whip? Oh, no, you can't get it without whip. No, you can't get it without whip. I've had it anyway. Yeah. It's one of those few things. I've got my my foods and drinks in the world that it's always like, oh, yeah, it's not vegan, but... Yeah, I was going to say, for those who don't know, Shelby's vegan. That's why I was making us think about it. Butterbeer um, was too important. Butterbeer is important. I'm you good can't... the rest of the year. Leave me alone. <laughs> My thing is, I can't, I, it's not really a real trip to the Wizarding World without butterbeer. So, Absolutely. gotta, gotta do it. Uh, I'm a frozen girl all the time, every day of the year. I don't care how cold it is outside. Same. Yeah, frozen would be my, my preferred, but hot, oh, it is so good i'm so not into a hot bev it's so good like in the winter months when they have it out there and then you can take it to the hogshead and you can get a shot of fire whiskey and then you can go on the back porch and mix them it is like liquid apple pie and it is so amazing so i always thought that one of the rules was that they urge you when you order a shot at the hogshead they urge you to take the shot at the bar do you find that that rule isn't like super enforced is it pretty easy to mix because i always wondered like how easy could it be to get a boozy butter beer in the parks it depends where you get the shot because if you get it from like a kiosk, they'll make you do that. But if you get it at a restaurant or like a like a legitimate bar, then they'll let you take it with you. Ah, okay. So for those that don't know, one of the rules is you cannot mix the drinks that you get at the parks to like create your own because it's not the brand like that was approved. So that's why uh, this conversation is happening. Specific to uh, butter beer. And, yeah, like, yeah. You can't have like Savannah said. You you can't order the butter beer without the topping. So like the butter beer drink itself is. I think inherently vegan it's the topping that isn't yeah. but because you can't sell them separately yeah they won't you know, sell it to you without the whipped cream is... so also disclaimer i'm not the authority that's just what i heard and don't come at me if it's wrong <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i think the the hogs that is the only place that you like you can order a hot butter beer or a cold one you can mix the cold ones too and a shot of fire whiskey and you can take both like in both of your hands and leave and then go mix them elsewhere because the the bartenders will say things like no potion mixing in front of the bar or like don't let me see you mix them in front of the bar like they know what you're doing but because of legal reasons they can't do it for you the yeah, bartenders can't but uh, at the Fountain of Fair Fortune which is in Diagon Alley because it's open air you have to take the shot right there when they serve it to you you can't go walking no, around the, with it the hopping pot the hopping pot that's right um, do they have any liquor at the Fountain of Fair Fortune no. no they only have beer no okay so it's yeah the, the hopping pot you're right I was gonna say because I've been in the um, Hogshead and taken a like plate of shots back to everybody that like because they knew that mm-hmm. they saw Solly, they took all of our IDs, whatever. Mm. Um, but then everyone went and sat down, and I took the tray over to everyone, and they didn't say anything. Granted, we didn't get butterbeer with it as well, so, you know. I believe it's because it's a restaurant, and that's yeah, why yeah. they let you do that. Got it. Okay. Interesting. So there's ways around it. You yeah. can eventually but again, 2%. <laughs> disclaimer, we are not, not from You didn't hear it from us. Authorities hey. on this. <laughs> <laughs> 
How, what about the butterbeer ice cream or um and you and savannah you've also been to the uh the studio tour in london and had the butterbeer there right yeah and i can tell you so after going to wizarding world in florida first and persons tell me if you feel the same way going to the studio tour was beautiful and i loved all the sets and there was so much more that you can see but the food experience and like going down diagon alley like the it was kind of lackluster just because in the parks like i can do that all the time like and i can touch everything and i can walk right up to things and like you know do whatever i want so the studio tour in that way i didn't find it as like exciting and the butterbeer in the parks is just better Oh, so you think that there's definitely like a taste difference between? Oh, there is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there sure. is. Wow. Yeah, I liked the Studio Butterbeer so Did much you? better. Oh, okay. yes, so much better. I find that the Parks is sweeter. Do you not like it as sweet? Yeah, that's why. Yeah, yeah. Because they don't have the like toxic levels of sugar that we have in America. That I prefer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All the, all the, uh, artificial flavoring (laughs) but going back to what you said about like the differences of like the studio tour versus like the park i always see it as like two completely different types of experiences because like the park is completely immersive the entire point is to make you feel like you are a wizard and you're in hogwarts but like the studio tour is more like educational where it's like this is the actual artifact you can see as when it was done so i don't know i see exactly what you're saying because like there i feel like it's just two completely totally different experiences yeah the park being immersive is like huge because like when you get on yeah. the train at the studio tour like you can't go in the rooms whereas yeah when you're in the park you get all up in the like you are in the train you're sitting on the train you're having the whole experience so yeah that's accurate let's see so we've got a couple more drinks listed here so um daisy root draft i that's sold at the three broomsticks um daisy roots is a potion ingredient so i guess the mina lima or the other people just kind of pulled from that the two that i love are going to be lobe blaster and giggle water yes which are at the blind pig in new york and um low blaster if you see in the movie it comes in a bottle that has a brain as its stopper which i think is delightful because it's like a lobe like a lobe of your brain uh-huh. blasting your brain it's very <laughs> clever i like it a lot and then giggle water has i think it has a tagline like um like synthesized glee or something like that i might be mistaking that um liquid glee yeah it contains pure chortle extract so oh, i love that <laughs> i love it good chortle <laughs> <laughs> I would be always ordering that. So my favorite thing about Giggle Water is Jacob actually giggling when he drinks it. And like, I don't know if no one else did because they're wizards and they have, I don't know. Different physiology. Yeah, yeah. Like they didn't yeah. have as much of a reaction because they have some sort of thing against it. But like him, his visceral reaction was one of my favorite things in that whole scene. So cute. Mm-hmm. Other, than, other than Narlax double wand holsters because... Mob Goblin double on holsters is one of my favorite things. But. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> What do you got we, next, Mike? We've also got Not Grass Mead, um, which again is just kind of a, a, like a bottle that's in the Three Broomsticks. Um, not Grass is another potion ingredient, so nothing really interesting there. There's Paula Tu... Oh gosh, I mess these up every time. Paulo pa- Pabitas? There you Paul go. Paulo Pabita? Okay. Paulo Pabita's Fishy Green Ale. That sounds disgusting. Which I believe is also sold at Wizarding World. It's the Boba Tea one, oh, right? It's sold, oh. at, it's sold at both parks now. Oh, good. Okay. I've never had it, so I'm not a huge boba tea I, yeah, fan. I love it. Do you love it? I do. It's but good. that's because I love boba. So, like, 
A fishy mm-hmm. beverage sounds gross to There's me. There's no fishy. Beverage. I know, I know. Now that I'm realizing it's a boba tea, like that's much better. <laughs> I'd still probably drink it if it were like seaweedy, fishy tasting. Yeah. So what does it taste like? Oh God, I remember the flavor? It being sweet, and that was it. I remember trying somebody's. Let's talk about rum. There's a couple different appearances of rum. So Seamus tries to turn his tea into rum at the Great Hall uh, breakfast table, and then it explodes in his face. So I think uh, that wasn't quite successful um that's any bearing on the spell though i think that that's really some bearing on seamus who blew everything up so that's just his gym um rum is an ingredient along with chili powder and pepper that is like an ointment to (laughs) to treat squabs syndrome which is something that affects dragons and it prevents them from breathing fire oh so you mix rum and pepper and chili powder and you like give it to them to drink and then they get their fire back wow and i think that was from jk rowling's og back in the day website Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I love that. And then Cornelius Fudge orders red currant rum at the uh, Three Broomsticks. So apparently Fudge likes rum too. Let's see. Now we've whiskey. got whiskey. So a couple of different brands of whiskey are Beetleberry Whiskey, Campbell's Finest Old Whiskey, Pure Malt Whiskey, Shelter's Fine Whiskey, Single Malt Whiskey, and that's what a Braxton Horses drink, yes. um, a Swat Malt Whiskey, and White Rat Whiskey. You know what's are- really great? Rats on food label (laughs) you leave us alone (laughs) i love rats that's like when the when quiznos had a rat as their little like mascot oh my god not that that shit's a nightmare we can't see him that's not a rat we don't claim him (laughs) would you drink white rat whiskey yes for the rest of my life i'm also pretty sure isn't that isn't white rat whiskey like one of the parks bottles only like it's not in any of the movies correct if so yeah then I especially would drink it for for sure. Listen, of, of the concoctions that I drank in college, white rat whiskey would not be the worst, you know? <laughs> Do we think it's a lower quality of other whiskeys or? No, not at all. <laughs> I feel like single malt is lower quality if they're feeding it to horses. Definitely. Well, they're French, so. Well, that's also fair. <laughs> Let's see. Then we got fire whiskey, which is a separate thing from whiskey. So it's like a magical whiskey. Ogden's Old Fire Whiskey and Blishin's Fire Whiskey are different brands. Two of the best. And Blishin's is what they have in the park. But um, Ogden's Old. And that was always interesting to me. I didn't know why they didn't just have Ogden's Old because that's what was mentioned in the books. But in the uh, Wizarding World, they have Blishin's, which is like a totally separate brand. And Ogden's is anywhere to be seen. I wonder why. Also, while we were researching and doing our homework earlier, Savannah and I found the distillery that makes the Blishens Fire Whiskey Ooh. for the parks, and they're based out of South Carolina. Oh, that's close to us. Yeah. yeah. We can go visit. Also, Fire Whiskey tastes like Fireball, according to the park. It does. So you're really looking to spice it up just get some fire whiskey in there and throw a blishens label on it speaking <laughs> of that has anyone ever had any of the mixed drinks that they make with the fire whiskey there Haley, i feel like you have right i've had some of the mixed drinks there but i don't think i've had any with the fire whiskey in it specifically other than ones you're like not supposed to make okay i've had one that i still can't even find like any photos of i have a photo of it from my first trip there that i think that i even think i this is so embarrassing i think i I even have a photo of the receipt where you take photos of your receipts to like remember what you bought and drank and whatever but it just says fire and chata where my 
bartender in the hogshead made me a drink with the fire whiskey and some sort of like rum chata type liquid. Okay. It was very horchata like, but, um, and it did have like the cinnamon on top and whatever. I was yeah. very into it, but only like what? halfway through drinking did I realize that it probably wasn't vegan and I started to oh, not feel good. Yeah. No, that's so scary. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure maybe There's maybe like rum milk, chata yeah, has a yeah, milk has base, a dairy something in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it tasted really good. They make lots of interesting <laughs> cocktails there with the Blushin's fire whiskey. Oh my god, I'm testing that next time we go down there. <laughs> Please do. I'll send you a photo of my receipt from my visit in 2014. <laughs> These precious <laughs> memories. <laughs> I can tell you it was like $13. <laughs> yeah. I like, literally have rum chata and fireball in my house right now. I just make it. Try it. <laughs> it sounds delicious. Me and Shelby went to a park after dark event in 2015. I couldn't tell you right now what we were drinking, but we were very inebriated. So it was some form of fire whiskey, but I don't know if it was, it wasn't just shots, was it? No. It definitely was not just shots. We had gotten like cocktails. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what they tasted like. I don't even know what they were. And you know what? I, I'm saying this, that it was in 2014. It might actually have been when I was with you. In because, 2015? Yeah, because you got on Forbidden Journey and that ride makes me sick and I stayed off, remember? Yes, and you went yeah. and started drinking without us. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't be. <laughs> Big move. But there was no one in the park, so I was like, I'm not going to not like go on the ride because there's no line. So yeah. like, we're going to go do that. You start like drinking. A- and then we when we got there, there were drinks waiting for us and I couldn't even tell you what they tasted like. Apparently, they were good because we had a great time. Yeah. I also have lists of the other cocktails that they make with the fire whiskey. Okay, so some of the other suggested cocktails that they'll make for you in the Wizarding World with the Blishens Fire Whiskey are Amaretto Fire, which is equal parts fire whiskey and amaretto and half a shot of triple sec and a six ounce splash of cranberry juice. That sounds delicious. Yes. Fire and Chata, which is using their fire whiskey and rum chata. They refer to it as a cinnamon toast crunch taste for, for their drink. Rum chata is a creamy cinnamon flavored drink based on the Mexican drink horchata. They also offer a fire whiskey sour, which is one shot of fire whiskey, four ounces of sour mix, and then they sweeten it with some sugar. And there's also fire and strongbow, which everyone knows strongbow cider and you just add a shot of fire whiskey to it damn those all sound amazing that sounds yeah. amazing wow thank you shelby for your drink tips hey anytime <laughs> can <laughs> confirm i've had one tasted great Tip- made me feel bad <laughs> tipsy wizards aim to please <laughs> <laughs> Two drinks that I know about. One's called a hog's tea. If you go to the hog's head, it's like basically like a Long Island iced tea, but it's called the hog's tea. I don't know if that's an official name. Probably not. But you can get it with like their peach iced tea and it's super good. And it's like lemonade, I think, in it too. And then my favorite is it's called the triple quotation mark. Unofficially called the Deathly Hallows beer because um, the way they pour the beer, it's cider. So it's Strongbow cider, Guinness, and then what's the what's the beer they have in the Hogshead, Michael? The Hogshead the, Brew. Oh, yeah. Okay, duh. The Hogshead <laughs> Brew. <laughs> that one's really good, and it like mixes, so it's like three layers. So you like have the dark, medium, light. That's really pretty. It's really good for Instagram pics. And I'm trying to think of any other ones. That's pretty much it. And then I love mixing butter beer and then a hot fire whiskey, even though it costs like a gazillion dollars. It's <laughs> probably not worth the price, but it is good. Is it really expensive? Yes. 
anytime you order fire whiskey, it's really expensive. And they're like, do you want to make it a double? And you're like, yeah. Yes. And then it's like $8 more. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I'm going to make it a double if you ask. <laughs> Listen, I know that life. <laughs> yes, that means one less trip up here. Yeah, make it a double. Yes, make it yeah. a double. This yeah, is I got things to do. This episode has just become the Wizarding World drink guide. Sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not sorry. Please drink responsibly. And now a word about our sponsors. Now, back to the show. Let's talk about wine. So my uh, when we were talking about Ogden's or what was it earlier like the the um the rules the like, oh, gamp it was gamps um laws of elemental transfiguration. So there is a spell there are two spells that involve alcohol that involve wine. Um so there's a charm to turn vinegar into wine and it's hard in charms. I don't really know why it's not in transfiguration because it seems like you're changing thing one thing into another thing. Well, if you listen to our spell episode, it's changing a property of wine. So- so I'm sure vinegar is in wine. So oh, that makes sense. Thank you, Savannah. And then there is a spell to create a fountain of wine from the tip of your wand. That's um, what Ollivander does in the weighing of the wand ceremony. I think with Fleur's wand. No, she didn't. That's a. It was Cedric's. Maybe it doesn't matter. So that sounds awesome. Like you could just every party. It's like woohoo! Fountain of wine spell. Bam. We had a fountain of wine at our uh, Catalina wine mixer party. Oh, you were there. Yeah. Yeah. I just forgot. It was pink wine. Sorry, can I continue, Michael? So That's apparently, an excellent spell. Yeah, it is. And you're just apparently you're just able to summon wine as if from nowhere. Like, it, it, is it the Gamp's Law thing where you have to summon it from somewhere? Or is wine just special? I mean, is I wine know. not like food? Is that the difference here? Yeah, that's the question. I don't know. Grapes are food. That's... Maybe it's not real wine. Does, does it, it get you real drunk? Maybe it gets you fake drunk. I was going to say, if it's fake wine but gets you real drunk, then it doesn't matter. But if it's fake wine and it doesn't get you drunk, then we have a problem. I don't know. This is like when we ask more questions than answers. You're welcome, uh, everyone. There's a couple other different kinds of wine. There's, uh, again, some of these are labels off of bottles, but otherwise, um, so there's celery and beetroot wine, which doesn't really sound that good. So that was... Uh, that story behind that one was um, one of, I think it's video game canon in one of the uh, earlier video games. There's a Gilderoy Lockhart, like a book you can collect that Gilderoy Lockhart talks about his achievements and he did something and the villagers offered him celery and beetroot wine, which he <laughs> turned down. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> Champagne is mentioned a couple times. There's elderflower wine, um, the elf made wine, which you were talking about earlier, Shelby. Um, so um, Snape offers that to Narcissa and Bellatrix in his house is that he tells Wormtail to go get the elf made wine so again morality was this like (laughs) is it like made because it's something that elves enjoy doing and they it's kind of like goblins it's like they like goblins with their armor it's like elves make wine in their spare time I I don't know maybe some of them enjoy brewing distilling wine whatever you do with wine just like you know some humans would enjoy that but I don't know it's Snape I feel like that's problematic it's problematic wine Wine. Speaking of Snape and wine, he used nettle wine in his puzzle to get to the Sorcerer's Stone. Snape is just like all about the wine. Nettle wine is one of my favorites. Me and Shelby did a live stream once and one of our questions was how many different wines are there? And nettle wine was one of them because that puzzle is one of my favorite things that didn't make it to the movie. Also, Snape has to drown his sorrows. In nettle wine. There is superior... <laughs> there, I love this one. There is superior red, which uh, you wouldn't know this unless you 
looked it up, but apparently, um, because in Malfoy Manor in the cellar, um, that's the wine cellar that Luna and Ollivander and Griphook were being held in, there um, they actually did make uh, labels for the bottles that were down there, and that brand is called Superior Red. Well, I can tell you, there's nothing more Malfoy Manor than Superior Red Wine. <laughs> red wine. <laughs> I'm like so jealous. That's successful wife I want. <laughs> and also, why didn't why didn't they just drink all the wine if they were down there in the basement? Like, if I'm having a real bad time here and like everything sucks, <laughs> and you su- you lock me in a wine cellar, let's get it going. <laughs> How do goblins react to wine? Hmm. Oh, Narlac was drinking a cocktail, wasn't he? Was he? I thought he was Did smoking I, a cigar. Oh, he was smoking a cigar. Did he have a cocktail? I need to know, because Narlax my favorite Fantastic <laughs> Beast character. <laughs> I don't remember. I'm not remembering a cocktail. Speaking of Fantastic Beast, but this was the Fantastic Beast text. Um, hi, sorry, Michael. He <laughs> is drinking a cocktail. We just looked it up. He's holding <gasps> like a shot of whiskey. He's holding a glass and a cigar. My kind of guy. Yes. Wow. Um, the only other mention of wine that I could find was, um, a turnip wine. And that was actually the, there was, uh, the, in the entry about a Jarvie in the Fantastic Beast textbook. Um, there's a story about a friar who discovered a Jarvie and when he, and the Jarvie spoke to him and insulted him in some way. And when he went and told his supervisor, um, his supervisor had asked him if he had gotten into the turnip wine. That sounds sad. <laughs> I don't want any wine made of turnips. That sounds really sad. I'd rather drink my superior red in peace. (laughs) (laughs) Bet you would, Haley. (laughs) You want that quality stuff. So that's all the different types of alcohol that I could find. Did I miss anything? Not that I can think of. Shelby, in your secret notes, did you have anything else? I'm looking at my secret notes. I'm double checking. (laughs) If not, we can move on to drinking establishments. Which are the best. And now's a good time for me to talk about my fun little fact before we talk about drinking establishments. Michael's going to be so grossed out. <laughs> it's Please a new do. segment. I know it's coming. <laughs> Savannah's fun little fact. <laughs> so Shelby uh, is actually here in Connecticut today. Uh, so we got to record together, which is very fun. So I was working from home under quarantine and she was doing her homework for tonight because for her secret notes. And I was going through uh, Michael's notes and adding a couple of things here and there. And it had to be last year that I had come across this this fun fact uh in alaska there is a bar that serves the sour toe cocktail it was established in 1973 the phrase uh that goes along with it is you can drink it fast you can drink it slow but the lips have got to touch the toe so the story goes that the first toe is said to have belonged to a miner and a rum runner named louis lichen who had a frostbitten appendage amputated in the 1920s lichen preserved it in a jar of alcohol in his cabin for memories roughly 50 years later in 1973 Yukon local, Captain Stevenson, found the jar containing the toe while cleaning a cabin. He brought it down to the sourdough saloon and started plunking it into the drinks of those who were brave enough. Thus, the sourdough cocktail club was formed. So, to this day, you can go to this bar in Alaska and you can drink a cocktail of your choosing with a toe in it. A A real toe. A human severed Toe. A human severed toe in your cocktail as a garnish. You cannot eat it. Uh, someone <laughs> deliberately ate it and paid the $500 fine. Uh, so they upped it to a $2,500 fine. And Did they get a new toe? Yes, there are, have yeah. been eight toes 
um, that have been donated to the saloon for this club. Oh my god. Club. So this is just like a very bizarre thing. I'm sure there are plenty other bizarre things that people have at their local bars, but I this felt very, very wizardy to me for some reason, and I just thought it was really fun. So you're all welcome. Oh and god. someone ate the toe. Yes, they swallowed it deliberately. Like whole? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm still super freaked out by that. They didn't chew on it. No, they did not chew on it. But it's just like cannibalism is just so <laughs> not okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to include all of the the origin stories of the eight toes, but I figured Michael might puke, so I will save you that. Please Google it. It's real fun. You can guess at most of them, too. Yeah, yeah. Something happens, someone loses a toe, and someone happens to know that this bar in Alaska (laughs) exists and says, well, I know exactly where to send this. Yeah. Welcome to our new podcast, Hold My Vomit. The last one was uh, in a lawn mowing accident, if you must know. So I just felt that there has to be other weird ass like wizard clubs like the Sour Toe Cocktail Club. It's like the the Gamps old, what is it that we talked about earlier? Exactly. Kind of like that. Wow. I'm glad that people are really weird. Are you though? (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure wizards have something like that that's what i'm saying it just feels inherently wizard to me like a unicorn eyeball or something yeah drink it out of the horn you know i bet there's that's probably awesome though that's probably like all kinds of magic and stuff out of a unicorn horn i mean are you telling me that these guys who donated their toes (laughs) aren't magical michael is that what you're saying (laughs) i hope they are i hope they had some kind of like skeletal they could regrow their toes they donated So let's talk about some other kinds of bars that probably have equally weird shenanigans going on in them. So we've already mentioned the Leaky Cauldron. So um, according to the Pottermore and according to J.K. Rowling, it is the oldest pub in London. There's a, a debate about which one is the oldest one, but the Leaky Cauldron is apparently the oldest. And it was built by Daisy Dotteridge, who was the first landlady in the early 1500s. So it was started by a woman. Amazing. Love Daisy. And it has been the entrance to Diagon Alley since that time. Um, and like we mentioned earlier, it was was um, it used to uh, the Diagon Alley used to be accessible to Muggles um, until the Statute of Secrecy in 1692, and that is when it was shut uh, shut out to Muggles and only wizards could access it. But it's how been many part- Muggles do you think went in there? I think the Pottermore article was talking about like people just kind of wander in, like it was like just curiosities, and it's like ooh, it, it makes me think. Has anyone read the Night Circus? If anyone, if any of our listeners have have read that, um, it's kind of like this this traveling circus that it's it's like it's got magic in it but the people watching it just think it's all part of the show Um, and it's like these incredible displays so i I would imagine it'd be like that like muggles would just watch and be like wow this is so cool but they did they wouldn't realize that it was like actual wizardry that's my headcanon anyway (laughs) michael's Uh, headcanon let's add it to the list (laughs) uh the three broomsticks is next um it's supposed to be as old as hogsmeade and hogsmeade has been around since medieval times so it's way older than the leaky cauldron by like 500 years or more also in hogsmeade there is the hogshead inn which is seedy and disreputable um that's where hagrid won uh Norbert from Quirrell, who was in disguise. And it was also where Trelawney was staying with her uh, her job interview for Dumbledore because it was really cheap to stay there. 
and she I think was out of work and didn't have a lot of money um, so that's where the prophecy about Harry was made um, so it was a pretty like that's where the in Deathly Hallows the connection formed to get into Hogwarts so it's been it's played a really big role um, in the series so even though it's seedy it's pretty special and isn't that a lesson to all of us and I didn't know this but uh, it said when I was researching this that a hog's head is an actual measure of alcoholic beverage um, really? which is around 240 liters I think that was my favorite fun fact that you uh, added here Michael yeah that's super cool and it's like such clever wordplay because it's all the hog stuff hogwarts hogsmeade hog 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 but then like hog's head is like an actual thing and I thought it was just super clever for reference those big gray trash cans that like that you see it just like at festivals or whatever those are around 50 gallons so a 66 gallon like 240 liters is around 66 gallons so that's a really big barrel of alcohol our favorite kind yeah most of these like wizarding establishments have been like handed down from generations to generations like Ollivanders and like all these like different buildings are usually like run in the family do we think that the hogshead bar is something to do with all the Dumbledores since Aberforth is like the barman do you think it was like part of their family like, are we going to find this out? I hope. Now you got me hoping for something. Ooh, it's possible. Just my speculatoriness. But then, yeah, they lived in Godric's Hollow, so it might not line up. Uh, you never know. You can apparate to work. You can work anywhere. There's no mention of Percival's Dumbledore's job or livelihood in any way. It's pretty much his story is he attacked those three muggle boys and went to Azkaban for it. He seems very well dressed in the film background photos, I guess, is, is a good way to put it. He's dressed nicer than Aberforth is when he's bartending. <laughs> Barkeeping, I guess I should say. Let's see. Um, there's our favorite, which is the blind pig. I didn't know this, but the uh, but blind pig is an old American slang term for a speakeasy. Because a lot of speakeasies would circumvent prohibition by uh, charging customers admission f- to view a curiosity. And in this case, it would be a blind pig, like you're coming in to see a blind pig. Um, but other speakeasies would have different uh, curiosities. And then they would serve them a complimentary alcoholic beverage. So they weren't technically selling alcohol they were selling admittance to a show so that's how they got around it i love that so much so i'm gonna go see the blind pig and get tipsy i thought i thought for sure that was gonna go a different way where they were calling like the police blind pigs but that was cuter (laughs) (laughs) that's genius honestly and one other thing that i wanted to bring up here is uh in some of the i'm pretty sure it was in the pottermore writings that came out what what would that have been magic in north america yeah what came out like around time of the first fantastic beast film Mm -hmm. so michael like you were saying in the 1920s in america obviously prohibition was in full effect and everything and there's the famous alcohol ban that you know was central to it but one of my favorite little facts that was in some of the writings that came out for fantastic beast was that meanwhile in the wizarding world president of makuza seraphina pickery (laughs) insisted on avoiding the ban and saying in quotes the giggle water is (laughs) non-negotiable 
<laughs> which is love her. just she's, perfect. She's perfect. She's a queen. She believes in fun. Yeah. I forgot that happened. Yeah. I remember you sending that to me. Yeah. That's a really good one. It's non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. Let's see. Um, so we've already mentioned the hopping pot and the fountain of fair fortune, which are both bars in Wizarding World. I have, for all the times I've been to the park, I have never, ever, ever noticed this in Nocturne Alley, but apparently there's a pub in Nocturne Alley. <gasps> Really? It's called the White Wyvern. Interesting. Oh, we have to go there. And a, wy- a wyvern is a kind of like a dragon or something. Um, and so you can't get to it. It's, um, I think it's above the tattoo shop. Oh. So it's just a sign. It's just, it's like a not... I don't even think it's a storefront, but if you look at, I believe, I, I haven't been to the park since I found out about this, but I believe if you go to where the tattoo shop is and there's some stairs and a gate, like a gate and then some stairs that go up back behind the tattoo shop, I believe it's the sign up there. Um, wow. So you always have to look up when you're in Wizarding World because you'll miss all kinds of things. And so apparently there's a sign there and it's the White Wyvern and that is a pub that's in Nocturne Alley. That's amazing. Super cool. In Place Cachet, there's the Griffon Bouvet. Did I say that correctly, Shelby? Yeah. Which translates to either like the drinking griffin or the drunken griffin. So that's the leaky cauldron of the French Diagon Alley. Um, We don't really know anything about it, but it was part of that set. And then we mentioned the Siren's Tale earlier, which is supposed to be the preferred bar for ministry employees in the UK. And um, that's really all we know about it. And again, back to Mina Lima's artwork, I cannot stress enough that you really should look up that drink menu because it's really fun. It's really pretty. They do have um, Punch for Lunch advertised on that (laughs) Uh, and they have dragon's flame as one of those and then peacock's feather which is non-alcoholic so y'all need to make these by the way dragon's flame peacock's feather Um, (laughs) we have these on our list actually oh please i I would love to see what y'all come up with and then um ladybird's mixture which is only on valentine's day and for weddings i love that and i think we've mentioned all the other ones already that are on that at least the alcoholic ones yeah that are on that menu so yeah definitely it's google siren's tail and look at that menu because it's so pretty i want it as a print same i would put that in the bar downstairs in a second any so other drink forgot about the griffon bouver thing and just had to google it again because i thought that we had more info on it but there isn't anything we had speculated a lot on it when the artwork had come out before the movie we had had a number of con- like the two of us and with Haley and michael we've had a number of conversations about it Probably just when we were like dissecting set photos. Exactly. <laughs> I know. I so wish that we just, I wish it had been a book because there's just so much you could have explored in that set, like the Quidditch shop or the wand shop, oh, all that stuff. Shop, oh, I feel like we've just missed so much. <laughs> Triangular boxes oh, for wands. I'll, ne- I'll never get over it. Never. We could have had it all. Let's see. Uh, now we, is there any place we missed, Shelby? Any secret notes? I don't have any secret notes. <laughs> okay, we got it all. So last thing we to mention was just kind of alcohol's role in the series. Like we mentioned at the top of the show, um, it, alcohol is, is pretty much, it's pervasive <laughs> in just about, and I think it's actually been a reason why people have attempted to ban the books, right, Haley? Because there's so much drinking, <laughs> like Hagrid's drinking problems. Oh, of course. People try to ban books for anything. So just kind of starting with Harry, um, pretty much the only time we see him drinking anything other than or anything stronger than butterbeer um after he gets to the weasley cottage and they find out that moody has died um they all take a shot of fire whiskey to well they have uh, wine with slughorn yeah but i don't think the wine's as strong as fire whiskey i think it's stronger than butterbeer sorry 
Oh, he oh. did, but like oh, I, did. I don't know that like wine is. Did they have wine at Slughorns, or do you mean the party? Well, they had probably had at the party, but they definitely was about to have wine with Slughorn, but then Ron got poisoned and all that mess. Oh right, yeah, oh, the yeah, mead, yeah. poison mead. mead. Okay, mead. Yeah, so but I also can... don't know that they would have like really, really drank it. I feel like they were just okay. Yeah, sure. Like you know, pretending a sip because they didn't want to be drunk, but they wanted him to be drunk. I think that they had wine at the, so this is just like movie canon, but at the slug club where they were all that's, that's sitting and yeah. drinking yeah. whatever. There's some pretty fancy goblets and I think like a pitcher of wine or a flagon. A flagon. As learned, is what you <laughs> a pitcher of wine, it's a flagon of wine. Harry also used like what, yeah, y'all mentioned um, when Hagrid and uh, Slughorn after Aragog's funeral, um, Harry using uh, under the influence of Felix Felicis um, got Slughorn drunk so and Hagrid Hagrid drunk so he'd go to sleep and get out of the way and then Slughorn drunk so that he'd give Harry the memory about the Horcrux I was gonna say getting Hagrid drunk really isn't a challenge though no (laughs) I think that would be a challenge however not to get him to start drinking but in order to get him drunk somebody of his size and like what with wizard physiology how much does it take for Hagrid to get drunk I wonder I don't know but didn't Harry just keep using the refilling charm mm-hmm. yeah but how many times did he have to refill is my question yeah but I don't think that's that challenging like to coax him to drink is more of a challenge and you didn't have to coax him at all right right and he his, his cups are the size of buckets right yeah <laughs> um, Dumbledore uses gin to give Mrs. Cole to give up information about Tom Riddle a lot Ms. of Cole coaxing just, like, under the influence here I know it's like a convenient uh, tool for these people to manipulate people. <laughs> <laughs> Don't try um, it at home. Don't do it. Hagrid is pretty much drunk the whole series. The whole I should not have said that thing. Getting Norbert. <laughs> he was like the, the stranger in the hood kept buying him drinks and to get him to talk about Fluffy. So pretty easy <laughs> to, to coax Hagrid. Mondungus Fletcher is supposed to always be smelling of stale drink. So he might have some drinking issues too. Trelawney has drinking issues um, pretty much after she gets on probation with Umbridge. Pretty much for the rest of the series, she um, is hiding sherry bottles and smells of sherry. I completely forgot that she was hiding sherry bottles in the room of requirement until yes. tonight. <laughs> yeah, that's when uh, Harry found out about the room of requirement and Draco like whooping and being yeah. excited because she was hiding sherry bottles in there. Winky is drunk off Butterbeer all the time after being freed. Don't you don't don't you dare. Everybody did Winky dirty in this series. Let her drink her booze. They did do her dirty. She did not deserve what she got. No. Neither did Creature, but that's for another night. Let's see. Draco, um, Imperius, Madame Rosmerta, and then um, got her to poison mead to send a Slughorn. That would eventually get to Dumbledore. That was the plan, but obviously it didn't work out. That was I think a we'd... real, that was a very much Seamus told Pavardi to tell... <laughs> Dean to tell so-and-so that Ron said that Hagrid was looking for you. Plan, yeah. Draco, bad, bad move. I'm not an owl. We had mentioned in a previous episode, the uh, fat lady drank oh, all yes. the chocolate liqueur in another painting with her friend Violet. And then uh, Aunt Marge was drinking a lot of brandy the night that Harry blew her up because she was getting crazy and he lost his temper. Which, you know what? She deserved it. She was a punk. She was too mouthy. Yeah, she was such a punk. Don't drink brandy and get mouthy. Rude. Or you'll float away. Or you'll float away forever. <laughs> Bye. That's the lesson. Also, I hope I hope they did not obliviate her. I hope they let her remember what she did. I just want to talk about all of the Wizarding World drinking games. What do we think they are? A plenty is what I think they are. Well, Quidditch beer pong is a thing. I'm sure they have miniature ones for wizards. 
Oh, for sure. Can you imagine, though, like, little, instead of using Pong, you could have, like, little dragons flying, and, like, it could be so Pop much more fun. Are endless, really. Really? Gobstones while you're drinking? I'm sure that's a fun time. Exactly. Can you imagine what the if- smell? <laughs> Don't they stink? Yes. What if you had gobstones that had liquor in them? And so instead of squirting you with foul liquid, it squirted you with like a shot of of liquor. And you had to try to get it in your mouth? Well, it would spray it in your face. You just open your mouth and it would just spray it right in there. It'd be like like whenever you have to take a shot of something as a punishment. Oh, yeah, yeah, In a drinking game. I just always, like from the movie when they all are making animal noises, it just always reminds me of that whatever game where you sit in a circle and you like clap your hands and like everyone like goes around the room and makes animal like gestures. Like when you put your hands up next to your head and you're a moose and it's like a whole thing i don't remember the rules and i don't remember anything about it but that remind that's what that reminds me of every time i don't know if that's a children's game no 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 it's a drinking game <laughs> is that circle of death maybe is that what, I, think, I think it's called something like different what, here but okay. what are you guys playing <laughs> it was with cards right and if you got a king then you can make a rule and everybody no, has to follow game. the rule oh okay but that's, that's that we an played even in better college. game yeah i played that one too that's an even better game because then it's with magic, so the rules are like real, real. Yeah, real rules. And like, <laughs> I don't know about them. Wait, really? You don't know that game either. Mm-mm. One of the rules would be like Haley has to stick her forehead to the table until someone else gets a new rule. So you had to draw a king to get a rule. So like you could like do like a permanent sticking charm to someone to make sure their face doesn't move from the table. And that would be terrible because you would have to like really abide by the rules because I would get lazy and like people would forget. Yeah, that was part of the fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But like with magic, it'd be harder. You'd have to be like really strict to the rules. My other thing is like drinking with magic. It seems very, very wild to me. Yeah, like, if, dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Like if candy's so dangerous, imagine getting alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, alcohol like, is dangerous in the real world. Alcohol's got to be dangerous for women. It has to be. Or hopping on a broomstick after like don't drink and fly. Yeah, don't drink and apparate. You'll get splinched. Is this when we say our disclaimer? Like Please don't drink responsibly. Be- yeah stupid (laughs) don't be a stupid wizard don't be a piss poor witch don't be a piss poor witch don't drink and fly don't go to wizarding world saying you listen to this podcast (laughs) and they told you to order this drink just be chill it's a secret (laughs) you're in on the secret now so be cool about it i also can't help but imagine madame pomfrey like dealing with teenagers who have like alcohol intoxication or what is that alcohol poisoning yeah and pumping all those stomachs yeah because they were doing keg stands in the common room. In Haley's common room. We know those puffs <laughs> are up to it. Girl, you know. it's all The party's always in my common room. Always. Always. I'm sure the Gryffindor has some wild parties too. Like it sounded like some ragers. Definitely, yeah, Gryffindor definitely had some ragers. But you know that every party is always at the Hufflepuff common room. I you feel know like Gryffindor's like here and it. there. Yeah. But you're you're ready to tickle that pair. Getting some yeah, I feel like, yeah, it's true. I feel like all of Gryffindor's parties are like Quidditch related, but all of our parties are just happening all the time. Exactly. <laughs> They're food related. They're yeah. food related. <laughs> I think the Slytherin parties are all with M- M- Malfoy's like fancy red wine. <laughs> like you show up and like you have to put your monocle on. Like oh, it's so classy. <laughs> Draco's mom is Superior like red. the enabler mom. Yeah, like she's the said- Mrs. George. Exactly. Superior like, red only. She sent Dobby up in there to really with his bow tie on, you know? She tells everyone that she'd rather them do it in the comment room. (laughs) 
<laughs> now that I know Superior Red is a thing, I'm not drinking anything else. Like, I need a wine bottle with a label that says Superior Red. Yeah, we're, we need to I, make that. I can make that happen. Too, okay, like. thank you. It's like the Malfoy cross. Yeah. Oh my god, yes. bottle. Oh, oh my yeah. god. I don't know what the Ravenclaws would do. They probably like experiment with some kind of new form of something and be like, "Hey guys, try this," and then no, everybody. Absolutely. No one's inviting yeah. the Ravenclaws. Like, we have our own party. I can tell you what the Ravenclaw parties are, Michael. It's all y'all drinking wine, not talking to anybody, reading your books around the fire. No. They're not drinking anything. They're a bunch of study nerds. I think that they would be, like, concocting things and being like, let's create this, like, centuries-old recipe of, like, a weird honey mead and, And like... And they found it in a book somewhere, like... Yeah. Some, like, lost-to-time shit. You're trying to tell me that Ravenclaws are having hipster-ass parties? Luna's brewing ancient mead. Yeah, she's got some, like... No, she's not. (laughs) I was gonna say, she's over there like, yo, you got some dirigible plum booze? Because that's what I made this weekend. (laughs) Oh my god. Luna Lovka definitely made dirigible plum wine. Yeah, for sure. Plum wine is good. She probably gave you all the reasons about all the health benefits to it. Like, it's supposed to expand your understanding and all that stuff. (laughs) Maybe it makes you float, like in Mary Poppins. Don't they drink like a tea? They go to tea yeah. at someone's own. They all float. That that's is, what you drink before a- keg stands so that you float and you just hold on to the keg and then you're upside down. Is dirigible oh plum wine? Yeah. But this it. is in canon. There's fizzing whisbies. You can take a fizzing whisbie and levitate off the ground. And then... Fizzing whisbies can't get you drunk. But then you take the fizzing whisbie and then you do the drink afterward. Maybe we should hang out in the Ravenclaw calm room. They're getting like It's whimsical. like a cocktail stirrer. <laughs> your, your garnish is but a... this is uh, another thing. So like we're we're putting nerds in some drinks so like what else what other kind of weird ass wizarding candy are these kids putting in some cocktails that's making all kinds of crazy stuff happen like bin juice this sounds all of it all of it oh my god all the candy (gasps) candy choco chalk ice mice Pepper ends make you smoke at the mouth. So like, (sighs) you know. This is all happening. This is endless. This is an endless loop where we go down. to the Ravenclaw common room. We're innovators. Okay, you're right. The Ravenclaw (laughs) hipsters are here to drink. The Ravenclaw hipsters. This has been your favorite podcast about all things Wizarding World canon. Hold my butterbeer. You can find us on Instagram at holdmybutterbeerpod and on Facebook at holdmybutterbeerpodcast. And email us at holdmybutterbeerpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.